Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Hi everyone, welcome to With Wit. As you all know, and I know you are all on this journey with me, the wellness journey is extremely important to me. Over the past few years, I've really come to realize and accept that taking care of myself and putting myself first sometimes is not selfish, but actually necessary. And there's been no time like now that I've actually spent the energy to make sure that this was part of my daily routine and that self-care was something that I could do sustainably. I've said it before, but if I don't show up for me, I can't show up for anyone else. So I hope you've been enjoying my solo episodes about my self-care updates. Definitely more to come there. But today I'm speaking with Kate Spees. She is the Senior Vice President and General Manager of Well and Good. Kate joined Well and Good in 2018 to lead the content and growth teams. In her tenure, Well and Good's audience has more than doubled and the brand has transformed into a multi-channel powerhouse in the fitness and wellness sector building on its tradition of trend-forward journalistic reporting. She also launched Well & Good's video operations, scaling it to millions of monthly views, and they have the Well & Good podcast. We had such an amazing conversation. We dig into self-care routines that anyone can easily bring into their own day, something that's not too scary, not too overwhelming. We also talked about what we feel like we want to work more on, what we feel like we know is good for us, but we feel like we may not be paying much attention to it. Um, We talk about what we should be dreaming for and how we should make time to dream and to set goals and also how we should set time to actually go to those dark places and think about those anxiety-ridden thoughts so that we can actually pay attention to them and not push them away and figure out how to work through them and problem solve through them. So anyways, it was a really awesome conversation. I adored her and I'm excited for you all to listen. So here is Kate. 
talk to me about Well and Good, how you got started there and what your wellness journey has been for you to actually be like a professional in this field now. Yeah, absolutely. So growing up in Australia, I it was really funny because the Australian culture, particularly where I grew up in Sydney, is very outdoorsy. There's great fresh produce pretty readily available all over the city. We spend a lot of time swimming and being outdoors and doing kind of water sports. And so I think that the idea of wellness or well-being or your health being really holistically focused is so culturally part of being Australian. And so I always was very um, sporty as a kid and, you know, thought, thought a lot about how to properly nourish my body to be able to do all the sports I played. And then when I was about 19, I was diagnosed with celiac disease, which was early, you know, at that stage, it really, in Australia, at least, it just wasn't super prevalent. I remember my mom having to order stuff up from Melbourne. There just wasn't, it wasn't the scene that it is now. Right, right, right. Yeah. And so that really got me thinking about food and nutrition and being pretty aware of that facet of wellness in a whole new way, because I just suddenly had to think about what I was putting my body in a way that I hadn't hadn't before. And at a similar time, I started working in fashion magazines and, you know, I studied journalism at uni and always worked in the women's lifestyle space. So cut forward a decade, I'm working in the women's lifestyle space, moved to New York and discovered this brand called Well and Good. And that was five years ago now. I remember thinking that every time I would get their newsletters and I followed them on Instagram and it just seemed to really capture things that were in the zeitgeist and this burgeoning wellness scene that I had really been a part of at home but hadn't necessarily been able to discover in the same way as in New York. And then I saw an SVP of content role come up. It was a similar job to what I was doing with a different brand. And I met with the then founders and the rest is history. And I've been with Well and Good for three years now. It's been so quick, but also I can't remember working anywhere but well and good because time's been time's been such a flat circle. So I'm like, surely I've just worked here my whole life. I was born here. And, you know, and it's been amazing. And I think such an amazing time to work in wellness, given the changes that were already happening pre-pandemic. And then obviously over the last year, the whole wellness scene has changed. I think every vertical, every facet of what we cover has just accelerated and pivoted. And it's been, it's been exciting to see. Yeah. It's so amazing because really for me, like this year has forced me to dig into my wellness and self-care. Like we were talking about more than I have in a really long time. And so obviously while I wish this year never happened, I am very grateful because it forced me to think about things and tune into outlets like Well and Good for resources on how to really maximize taking care of myself. So for me, like when anybody asks me what I do for wellness, I feel like I always have pretty basic answers. And that's sometimes just because like the really basic things actually do help and work, you know, like meditation and 
moving my body and getting outside and being present and mindful and like mindfully eating, you know, how does well and good define wellness? And like, how do you specifically define wellness too? And like, make sure that it's something that is like a huge, huge part of our lives every day. Yeah, it's so interesting your point about these basic things that work for you because we've kind of always believed that, that wellness doesn't have to be about products. It doesn't have to be about buying into the buzziest trend. It really is those core fundamental things that should be the cornerstones of your life and should be as accessible as possible to everyone and hopefully, you know, for the most part are free. And I think what the pandemic's done has really helped people see that that's the case. Everything so much got stripped away from so many of us. And to your point, we really had to refocus on, okay, what are the things that are within my reach right now that really serve me and really help my well-being? And to that point, at Well and Good, we really see well-being as a lens for people's whole lives. So if you look at financial well-being, we really believe that obviously being financially literate, being able to control the money that you do have, being able to save, being able to invest in the way that you want to is really core to people's mental well-being and thus core to wellness, relationships, you know, well-being within your relationships, either romantic, platonic, familiar relationships, that's so important, as well as the things that most people associate with wellness, which are movement, food, mindfulness, and and all of that jazz. So we really see well-being as this 360 thing, and there are some things that will really work for some people and not for others. It's so individualistic. And I think what we have really realized over the past few years is there are also huge barriers to well-being, um, particularly in the US, which is obviously where most of our audience is. And so we really try also to approach wellness in a way that is super inclusive, that's accessible, that really acknowledges some of the health disparities that exist and and ways around those. And so that kind of 360 approach is so important to us. We also, I should say, really believe in science. And so we do a lot of reporting, fact checking. I think in this current moment, that's more important than ever with the swirl of health information that's available And then for me personally, I really, it's hard to separate myself from well and good in some ways, just because, you know, I run the brands and I- So you feel like you are well and good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that, you know, I've shaped the brand and the brand shaped me. And so, you know, we're really lucky that our team are very like-minded. We have people from all different backgrounds, places, interests, but we all kind of have this core fundamental belief around wellness. And so for me, well-being, I guess because of my background and being Australian, is something that is so innate and important. I don't find it to be hard work, which I think is a huge privilege, but I really, I do really like to move. That's how I grew up. I am really interested in food and so, you know, and I'm interested in trying different things. And then I think that really relationships have 
are so important to my well-being and the way that I really define wellness is, of course, those kind of things that impact your physical well-being, mental well-being, emotional well-being. And the core thing for my emotional well-being is relationships. It's part of why I went home to have a visit to Australia and did the hotel quarantine because I think during this time it was just such a great reminder that you're only as well as your community and being surrounded by your communities is really important. And now a word from our brand partner. I am really excited to talk to you guys again about Sakara because I really love everything that their brand stands for. And I think that they give someone who wants to really nourish themselves, but doesn't necessarily have the motivation to do it from the beginning all the way till end. It really just makes it easy to eat well and nourish your body. So Sakara gives you the ability to not just eat healthy, but actually really enjoy it with chef crafted plant rich meals that build a foundation for really, really great health. And I feel like instead of imposing restrictions and limits, I want to really nourish my body and give it more of what it really needs. And Sakara really believes in giving you more of what is good for you. Their meals are all organic, ready to eat, powerful plant-based, and designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. They have, like I was saying, super creative chef-crafted, ready-to-eat breakfast, lunches, and dinners, which change weekly, so you'll never get bored. And it's delivered fresh to your door anywhere in the U.S. Along with delicious plant-rich meals, Sakara also offers daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. They have an amazing best-selling metabolism super powder, which you have to try. It's made with organic raw cacao and it works to boost energy, eliminate bloating, minimize sugar cravings, and reduce fatigue. Really good for when you are on your period. Right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash with wit or enter code with wit at checkout. That's Sakara S A K A com slash with wit to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash with wit. And now a word from our brand partner. Looking at my skin all day, every day, I've become so hyper aware of like every new chin pimple, eye wrinkle, random hair. Enter Stacked Skincare, created by celebrity esthetician Carrie Benjamin to bring treatments like dermaplaning and microneedling to your bathroom counter. I've talked to you guys a little bit about dermaplaning. If you followed any of my skincare routine videos or blog posts, you'll see how much dermaplaning is a part of my exfoliation process and how much I rely on it to take off just that extra layer of fuzz and every product is developed by Carrie. So she reimagined the at-home skincare routine based on her professional technique of stacking facial tools and gentle exfoliation treatments to drive glow-boosting actives deeper into the skin. Carrie's technique transforms skin from within to resolve concerns like fine lines, dark spots, and acne below the surface. She also actually developed the most amazing new tool. You guys can hear the smile in my voice because I 
freaking love a cooling product. The new cryo ice roller, a refreshing face massager that you actually leave in the freezer to reduce puffiness, inflammation, itching, and redness. It's perfect for giving puffy eyes a super quick pick-me-up if you've gotten zero sleep, like I feel like I have been not getting. So this tool is just really, really healing. Head to stackedskincare.com slash with wit to get 20% off your first purchase. That's S-T-A-C-K-E-D-S-K-I-N-C-A-R-E.com slash with wit for 20% off your first purchase. And now back to our chat. So what do you do? I mean, you're obviously so lucky that all of these things are so innate in you. And that has a lot to do with obviously where you come from and your upbringing and your parents, I'm sure. But what do you do on the days when you feel the lack of motivation to move your body or the lack of motivation to care about what you put in your body? Yeah, it's such a good question because I should say that the things that come innately to me, I do a lot. But there are a lot of things that don't come innately. And honestly, mindfulness practices. Like, I really don't love meditating. I really find sitting still in my thoughts incredibly tricky. I'm a much more, I have very anxious tendencies. And so I'm someone who I know so, because as you say, this is my job. I know how much mindfulness will help me, but I find it difficult. And so what I try and do in those scenarios, and this is absolutely a work in progress, is try to be a little bit easier on myself. And I think the pandemic's helped this in many ways because I do feel a lot of pressure being someone who works at a wellness brand to, and also just I think I'd feel in this general. whether I worked it in general. Like we, we, so all many, we all feel yeah. this. We all yeah. feel this. And one of the things that I don't love about some parts of the wellness industry is this like striving for perfection and this kind of pressure that all parts of your wellness need to be perfect or that you need to participate in all different parts of wellness. And so I think what I try and do and what's been helpful for me is kind of letting myself off the hook for the bits that I don't really enjoy. So for me, going out for a walk and listening to a podcast or listening to music makes me feel more in the moment. It makes me feel clearer. It makes me feel calmer than sitting down and trying to force myself to meditate for 10 minutes when I just don't I just don't enjoy it. I have a little tip for you because I feel like I just had, (laughs) I feel, and and I don't want to be, I'm sure that you've heard it a million times before, but like I, I, like you had a really hard time getting into meditation. Um, and I actually took a mindfulness based stress reduction therapy class and they started us with 45 minutes of meditation and I had never meditated before and I was completely overwhelmed by it. And like got turned off by it just because it was too much too soon. 
So then I started doing meditation through Calm and I've just been listening Mm. to them and they specifically talked about how when we meditate, when we have those thoughts and we can't focus that we're, we are so hard on ourselves because we think like, oh, this is my anxious mind. I'm so anxious. I'm not cut out for this. I'm never going to be able to do this. But like to accept those things, be like, okay, yeah, I accept that I may be like this, but I'm still going to sit here and do it until it's over and let those thoughts come. And then like just continue to focus on my breath and like the more you do it, the less those thoughts come. Yeah. And I know that's, it's so, I know that's probably what a million people have told you, but. No, but it's, it's nice to hear because I think that there's also, and this is another part of wellness that we try and, you know, remove ourselves from is I think there is like shame as well attached to sometimes when people, so it's just really nice to hear from someone else who's like, I also didn't enjoy it, but these are the ways that, you know, I've found it to, to work for me. And I think Mm -hmm. that's so important in every part of wellness, Mm -hmm. just finding what does work for you. I started doing, um, the 30 day intro with Jeff Warren Mm, and it's really, it's really just like an introduction course to meditating. It's kind of like meditating 101, and he talks to you a lot. So it's not just like a lot of quiet time for you to be in your own head. Like he's talking to you to try to teach you what meditation is and like how to find the thing that works for you to focus on, like your home base that you continuously focus on. You've inspired me. You can now inspire me about food. How do I get motivated about food? (laughs) Yeah, it's such a, food's a tricky one because it's far more time consuming than finding time for 10 minutes of, of meditation. I've really found the thing that has worked so well for me, and this is such a basic tip, and again, this is something that you've probably heard a thousand times, but when, you know, when it, we all went home, I used to, I used to, one of the things that I kind of was like, this, this makes me feel good, so I'm going to do this every day, is I'd buy my lunch. A million times I was like, I'm going to pack my lunch and take it to work. I'm going to pack my lunch. And I never did. And then, you know, there are such great options in New York and LA and there's really good fresh food. I'm like, I'm just going to buy my lunch. One thing that makes my life easier. It's a privilege, but I enjoy it. I'm going to do it. So then obviously we, we come home and it doesn't feel feasible, particularly at the start of the pandemic to be like running out and grabbing food. So I signed up for Daily Harvest and I keep heaps of frozen veggies in the freezer. And so for lunch, I'll have like one of the Daily Harvest. I like all of the bowls, honestly, they're all great. And then I'll chuck in a bunch of frozen veggies to make it a bit bigger and a bit heartier. And then I might chuck in some of my own like seeds or nuts or add cheese or whatever they have so much variety and then adding the veggies. I'm like, this is great. I'm eating heaps more veggies. That's been a real game changer for me. That's good. That's yeah. Great. Yeah. I mean, those, those kinds of easy additions, like I, those meal plans. I know my sister's doing Goop's new meal plan in Los yep. Angeles. And then there's yep. like Saqqara and a lot of those yep. types of plans that I know make it so easy for us. I just feel like 
I don't really cook is the problem. But if I yeah. went to the grocery store or farmer's market on the weekend and like meal planned a little bit that maybe Timmy could cook some stuff for me and then it would be good for me to have. Like I'll reach for that stuff in the fridge. My problem is just like the actual cooking part. Totally. Like I love going to the grocery store. I love like yep. menu planning and I will actually eat the food if it's made. It's just like actually making the food. Yeah, making <laughs> the food. And that's what that's what I like about having the basis. And then, and also, you know what? There are so many half scratch meal options these days, like Hungry Root and brands like that do, it's all pre-prepped. And so even if you hate cooking, they make it really easy and quick. And I think that that also could be a good option. The only thing is that takes away that, because I also love going to the grocery store and the farmer's market and stuff. The other thing that we write about a bunch is, you know, meal prepping is a really good, you know, a great tool for so many people. But if you're someone who likes a bit of variety and you don't necessarily want to do the, you know, be eating the same thing for multiple days in a row. Yeah. Because that's, yeah, I think that that's a sticking point for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, if you and Timmy each said, is he a cook? Does yeah, he like to cook? Yeah, okay, he, he is. Yeah. yeah. So that's good. He's covered. So then for you, if you were like, I'm going to learn two things that I really like and that I can make easy additions to. And so I have a friend, she doesn't like to cook, obviously, you know, wants to eat kind of, wants to be eating well and yeah. she lives by herself. She's like, I'm just going to learn how to make a really great salad, an easy salad but then learn five different dressings. And so she basically does the same fundamentals, but will then use a different dressing all the time to like dress it up a bit. And then, yeah, make it different. Yeah. And maybe learn how to cook like the protein that you love. You know, like if I, like I love a good blackened chicken breast. So maybe learn how to make like something like that. And then I can have, a Greek salad with it or a Caesar salad with it or whatever it is. Yes. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. 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 And then that's a good idea on the salad front, just learning how to bake veggies because like really nice kind of like crispy baked veggies with like some rocket arugula. I've been back in Australia (laughs) calling it rocket. Um, With some arugula and some cheese and some seeds. I'm like, you can't go wrong. I know that actually sounds so good and I can make that so easily. How do you roast your veggies? Just with olive oil, salt and pepper? Olive oil, salt and pepper. And then sometimes I'll put like, if it's a sweet potato, I'll put some cinnamon on it. Or mm-hmm. with Brussels sprouts, I'll put some balsamic vinegar so they get a little bit caramelized and like mm-hmm. chuck them in for 40 minutes and done. Also an air fryer. Air fryers are honestly the best. Amazing. Really? The best. Yes. Oh my God. Because you can do it without oil, but I think they're a bit sad without oil. And so I will still put oil on the veggies, put it in the air fryer for 15 minutes and they're really like, crispy and brown and delicious. Oh my God. What kind of air fryer should I get? I want to get one right now. The Ninja is great, but okay. honestly, it, anything on, you know, Amazon or Walmart or whatever, they're okay, all okay. so, they're really affordable as well. You know, they're great. That's been a game changer for me because it cuts out so much time and you can roast anything in it. You can do, you can do proteins, haven't done chicken in it, but you can, it's really good. 
Okay. Amazing. I'm going to order that right after we finish. This is so helpful already. And I'm going to start my calm. I'm going to start my 30 day. I really am. I really am. It's going to be great. (laughs) We have to hold ourselves accountable. Exactly. You can message me on Instagram when you've done it and I'll message you a picture of my roasted veggies. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. And now a word from our brand partner. I have been using kind of the same shampoo and conditioner forever and I am sort of over it. I feel like my hair is at the point where I got immune to it. So I started doing a bunch of research on shampoo and found this amazing company that's super personalized for hair products. It's called Gemist. I took their quick two-minute quiz and their fancy schmancy algorithm matched me with the best shampoo and conditioner and a scalp balancing bar. And I have to admit, I had no idea what a scalp bar was, but it removes buildup in your scalp, which like is so necessary. And it forces you to give yourself a good massage, which is nice because like it needs it. It's a part of your body that just never gets it and it exfoliates it. So they really rely on science and you can also save money by subscribing. Some other things to know about Gemist. Gemist is a science-based algorithm that makes recommendations based on your hair data. It also smells so good. Hints of mixed berries, pink pepper, lily of the valley, rose, crushed tonka bean, amber, and a splash of orange. If you are ready to have the best hair of your life, I feel like my hair has never been thicker. Try Gemist. Right now, my listeners can give Gemist a try and get 20% off their shampoo and conditioner smart subscription. Smart subscribers already save 20% off on each order. So this is an amazing deal. And with free two-day shipping, you can have it in like a second. Just visit Gemist.com to get your personalized recommendation and enter code WITHWIT20 at checkout for 20% off and free two-day shipping. That's gemist.com, G-E-M-M-I-S-T.com and enter code WITHWIT20 at checkout to get the best hair ever. As a parent, do you ever wish someone could just whisper some realistic and trustworthy support in your ear and not make you feel awful for not having all the answers? Well, that's what I'm here for. I'm Dr. Aliza Pressman, developmental psychologist, parent educator, clinical professor, and I'm a mom. My goal is to make your parenting journey less overwhelming and a lot more joyful. Please join me every Friday for new episodes of Raising Good Humans. And now back to our show. So what are some of like some self-care practices that you do each day that maybe are things that we wouldn't necessarily know about things that you've learned um, that are just easy, easy things that we could do to like have check-ins with ourselves. Yeah. I think one thing that a woman, she's a psychotherapist. She works at the well in New York. Her name is Leah Abellino. And she said, we were doing an event and she gave me this tip that I will never forget. And I really do it very regularly. And I love when this happens because within this space, there's a lot of repetitive stuff because it does work. So people repeat it. It's like drinking eight glasses of water a day is so basic, but it just works so well, you know, but it's like, I don't want to be told that again. She gave me this tip. So it was at the very start of the pandemic 
And I think it's good for the times we're living through. But I also just think it's a great, a great thing to practice where she said at the start, you know, if you feel like you're worrying or you have thoughts that are very present, you know, each day, maybe at the start of the day and the end of the day, set aside a set amount of time, whether it be 10 minutes, 15 minutes, half an hour, five minutes, where you let your brain go fully into the worry. So just think about all the thoughts, let yourself get quite deep in them, but set an alarm. So it's a very set amount of time. And then once the alarm has gone off, really very consciously put all those thoughts into a box mm-hmm. mentally, obviously. Yeah, of course. You know, and and then go about your day. So you're really setting that time to allow yourself to really have all those thoughts, go deep in them, but then really keep them in this box. So they're kind of encapsulated. And then maybe at the end of the day, or you could do these things sequentially if you had time, allow yourself the same amount of time for dream time. And this was so important for me during the pandemic when I felt really stuck and I was finding myself thinking about traveling home to Australia or maybe like going to the Greek islands. And I was like, oh, all I want to do is like travel and do these things or have dinner with a friend. But I'd stop myself because I'm like, don't think about that. It's not possible right now. So it's not, you know, it's not helpful. And actually she said, you need to allow yourself every day time to really have dream time. Offset that worry time with dream time and allow yourself to, you know, think big and dream and think about whatever makes you feel really happy and you know she's like doing that every day you will find it's one of those things you know it takes it takes practice but I have really found that by doing that it doesn't feel like I'm squashing down my thoughts because I know that I have those two times set up you know set aside to to worry and to think about them. And it's just been, I think it's been helpful for processing worrying thoughts, but then also really helpful to feel inspired um, as well. I think that's so great because that also brings me back to the meditation thing where it's like you're mindful of all these worries. So it's not like you're neglecting them, like you're actually facing them and you're thinking about them and probably subconscious, you're still like working through them a little bit throughout the day, but you're like allowing yourself to feel them and then you put it away and then and then the dream one, it like gives you something to actually live for, like regardless of it being quarantine, it's so important to focus on dreams and goals and passions and what you love to do. Because if you don't like give yourself the time to think about those things, then you'll just be constantly in this like rat race working towards something you don't know because you haven't given yourself the time to actually think about what you're working for. Yeah. So that's that's awesome. Yeah, that's really really awesome. Yeah, I loved that tip from her. And then another one that I have learned more recently when we were recording our podcast, I was um, interviewing Jessamine Stanley, the amazing yogi. I'm sure you know her. Many of your listeners know her. And something that she said I thought was so interesting because I do, I really, I like yoga, but I think that again, because of my tendencies around meditation, I really like athletic yoga and hadn't necessarily done 
more gentle styles or hadn't actually focused on my breath in the way that you're supposed to. And something she was saying is that, and I believe that she is going to release a book called Yoke in a few months. It's all about this. And it was about how that yogic breathing that you learn in yoga is actually really just to set you up for life and that, you know, all the things that you do on the mat are really the most important yoga you're going to practice is in your real life. And it was just such a good reminder for me that, and maybe this is a more obvious one, but it was just such a good reminder that that concept, all the concepts that are discussed in yoga and particularly around breathing, it actually doesn't really matter what you do on the mat in that hour at all. It's about other times when you're feeling overwhelmed or you're feeling stressed or you're in a tough situation, coming back to that breathing and, you know, really thinking about stillness and thinking about also your strength, you know, the fact that you can hold chair pose for 10 breaths in yoga, that's hard. It's a hard thing to do and that that the things that are physically hard require mental resilience and so you have that mental resilience in other parts of your life I just thought that was such a a nice concept and it was a good reminder at the time when she she shared that intel I love that I love that I mean I love yoga but I've never not never but like I I think the breathing thing has maybe become like a little bit subconscious, but I want, I need to tune back into it and like, remember how important that part is. Because for me, a lot yoga is a time to like more test my strength as opposed to focus on my breathing because I'm doing it at home and I don't have an instructor that's kind of like reminding me to focus on my breathing. So I think that's so important to like tune back into that and allow that to like have its effects on the rest of my life. I love that. So you talked a little bit about your podcast. So tell me, tell me a little bit more and where everyone can find it and like some of the things that you guys talk about. Yeah, absolutely. So it is called the Well and Good Podcast, very original. Um, <laughs> and you, you can find it, you know, Apple, Spotify, all the, all the usual places. And we were so excited to start this podcast because we had been talking about doing a podcast, honestly, since the day I joined. And, you know, I was getting so bored of us talking about podcasts and then not doing it. But we hadn't really landed on what we could add. You know, there are so many incredible podcasts and so many incredible conversations happening, like the ones that you have and so many other people doing great things in the podcasting space. And so we wanted to try and do something a little bit different. And through the pandemic, what we really have seen is that so many people, so many businesses, so many brands, so many communities are reimagining what wellness looks like for them, given the time that we're in and the things that have gone down over the last year. And so we thought that really reimagining, re-exploring some of these fundamental concepts of wellness and talking to amazing people about what these things mean for them right now 
would be a really interesting topic. So it's kind of narrative style. We talk to great people. The first couple of episodes about are about reimagining movement, reimagining food, which I can send to you. Might be some, you know, some stuff in there. And then reimagining what it looks like to take care of our mental health. And so we've been so lucky to have so many great combos and I'm definitely, you know, relearning and learning new things um, by talking to the different different guests that we've had on. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for no, so great for chatting chat. with me. Yeah, it was Tell awesome. us where we can find you and your website and Instagram and all of the handles. Yes. So uh, find us at wellandgood.com and then at I am well and good on Instagram and I am at Kate Elise Spees on Instagram. And yeah, people can, you know, sign up for our newsletter, listen to a podcast, watch a video on YouTube, all the things. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'd love to hear what you think and anything more or even less you'd want to hear about. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Whitney Eve Port, my website, WhitneyPort.com, and my YouTube channel, Whitney Port. Peace in the streets.